0: One of the biggest struggles people have in ministry is cultivating healthy relationships. Well, we're going to talk with Paul Zolben about a fun way to demonstrate the principles of the love languages and strengthen relationships next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other resources for your life and ministry. Now, here are your hosts,
1: Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson.
0: Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, how are you today on this uh, kind of a cloudy day in Tucson, which is a little unusual? Doing okay. All right. We just did a webinar that yeah. we've been promoting. We got another one coming up as well, don't we? We do.
2: Yeah. And you can sign up. And we're all set for the new. You can register for the next one and view the recording of the last one. And it's only
0: a few hours old. <laughs> so uh so what's what's the uh what's the old one and what's the new one gonna be? uh so
2: the other one was connecting with your seniors a new technology to connect with your seniors using viewclick smart frames and we had dennis rank from viewclicks yeah. there to give us a show and tell kind of a neat thing i wish i would have had one a, about 3 years ago yeah. um but uh, i wasn't aware of it at the time and then the one coming up is uh unlocking your Church services, Um, we have a toolkit for promoting your church services. I haven't haven't memorized the title yet, so you're agreeing so much, huh?
0: I'm laughing because uh, the behind the scenes people don't know. We've been doing webinars every month, and we're a tech company, um, but we do a lot of things, and one of those is provide resources, which is what this podcast is all about. And we always kind of have this big deal about, okay, what are we calling this webinar? And we always have, you know, we come up with long titles or something and it's always this back and forth thing. But yeah, so anyhow. It's a,
2: a toolkit to promote your church or your Christmas services. That's right. So so a bunch of stuff, um, emails, announcements, graphics, sermon notes, um, all kinds of stuff. Mike Gray's putting it all together. He's much more well versed in this than I am.
0: Yeah, and, and the idea again behind what we do here Besides streaming video, is provide resources for people involved in ministries and churches and all that stuff. And so that's part of the deal. So uh, just go to where do they go? webinar.streamingchurch.tv. That is correct. All right. That's where they can go. All right. So let's talk a little bit today. Our guest here is uh, Paul Zollman, and he's an international best selling author. The book is called The Role of Love. And the reason I wanted to have him on today is because Uh, I've been involved in ministry, Steve's been involved working, maybe not on staff at a church, but involved in leadership positions. And I've been in on staff and all sorts of stuff. And I have found over the years, that one of the biggest problems that people involved in ministry, pastors and ministers, and even volunteers that are quite involved in a church, one of their biggest challenges is relationships. And if you're married, Uh, you know, that's that obviously comes under that covering of relationships. It's not just all about marriage, but uh, it's relationships are a real challenge. And I think part of that is because you're so involved in serving people and serving the church and doing lots of things that uh, they can be quite a challenge for people involved in ministry and pastors. So Paul Zollman here has created a new way to demonstrate the principles of what we call the love languages. Now the love languages, and he'll talk about this in a moment, if, if I ever get to him. Uh, Gary Chapman, I think, is the guy who made the, wrote the book on the love languages. and uh, But Paul has a unique way here uh, for people to learn all of the five love languages and to give them away. And by giving away, uh, the vision is to improve to the point that you uh, can see see them coming your way and respond appropriately. And so uh, it, it's something that even young children can can be involved in with this. So Paul, thank you so much for being a guest on the Church Solutions Podcast.
1: Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Steve. Pleasure to be here with you.
0: Well, we're glad you're here. So tell us, so for people that may not be familiar with the five love, love languages, can you give us a brief overview of what those are?
1: Sure. They're five love languages actually was designed or, or discovered by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman uh, in the early '90s, his book was published in 1992. I imagine he did some research prior to that to to be able to write the book. But it, theor- theoretically, there's one way that most people like to be loved, and that love language becomes what they call your primary love language. Other love languages may are may be nice, but when you're receiving other love languages, you may not view it as love. You only see most people only are able to see their own love language as as love and so i'm trying to uh, dispel that a little bit trying to shake that disrupt that a little bit so that when you you're if you're able to learn all five love languages by sending it out every day you can see it and it gives that peripheral vision for you oh it's not my primary love language but it's over here but I see they're loving on me, and you can respond appropriately to that. That's kind of what I've what I've created. Uh, it it yeah. It wasn't always that way, but for me, but that's where I'm at right now.
0: Um, that's that's good. So let's dig into this a little more. So uh, obviously, I, I've read this book, Steve. I'm sure you have too, right? I mean, it's been around for a long time. Uh, have you, Steve? I don't know. You're rolling your eyes. Like yeah. You <laughs> I don't
2: know. I think I have. I mean, I, I've definitely been exposed to it. When you said it was early 90s, I was like, wow, yeah. that's uh, I didn't I know it's been around, but I didn't know it's been around that long. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I know I did some, you know, with my wife on this many, many years ago. We've been married 30 years now, almost. And I discovered a long time ago that her her what, what really lights her up is um, words of affirmation. That's a big deal for her and also receiving gifts. And for me, it's more like uh, physical touch uh, and 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 quality time. and we're talking physical touch. I'm not talking necessarily sexual stuff. I'm talking you know uh, affection, those kind of things, physical touch. Now let me ask you a question here. Um, I read somewhere recently that that somebody said that the chances are like your top couple love languages, like in my instance, uh, we'll we'll say uh, physical touch and uh, quality time. Those might be my top two. And I re- I read somewhere where somebody said that those you know whatever your top two are are probably something that you did not get when you're a child. Would you say that's yes or true? And if so, why?
1: Um, you know what, from my own childhood physical touch was all I got it seemed it seemed like that to me because i was i grew up in an abusive home so it may be true phil because i like all the all, all the other ones i still like physical touch but physical touch during my childhood has changed to different it's different physical touch now then it was being whacked if i wasn't being whacked i didn't feel like i was being loved and that was kind of just the style of of a childhood that i had and Hopefully, not a lot of people have that childhood, but unfortunately, there are some people that have that kind of childhood or have had that kind of childhood. And what it did for me is is provide me an adulthood that had residual anger, and I had to overcome that residual anger. And in doing that, then I explored some of the other love languages. And yes, Phil, it acts it absolutely, I like words a whole lot more than I like the physical touch but it just it changed, it evolved that way. And I p- think people do evolve in that way. And they'll, they'll maybe explore, do some exploring, find out something else that they like, or maybe they've never experienced those other love language ever in their life or they've never recognized them. Now they're to a recognition point and now they understand it, now they like it. So there, there is some, some volatility, some change that happens as you, as you grow through the love languages.
2: Let's go back and just, we kind of hit, we hit on a few of them. Did we cover all what they all are? What are the five love languages? Well, let, let me just show you what I, what I created. And, and, you know,
1: I got to back up just a little bit and I'll, I'll okay. go through all the five love languages, but I, mm-hmm. in the situation I was in, I was just trying to, I was trying to get over this anger. What would happen is I would have, I'd be annoyed. I'd be annoyed. I'd be annoyed. I'd be annoyed. And then I'd flash. And I would never know when I was going to flash because I didn't know what the top of the pile was for those annoyances, but they just kept piling up. And then I settle back down and then it just started all over again. And it was cyclic in that way, but it was something that was passed on generationally, I believe, not genetically, generationally from my grandfather, at least far, as far back as I know, could have been even farther back than that. But it's just our parents teach us what they know. And, or what they don't know, and, and that's how we kind of grow up, and that's kind of the love languages, the, the uh, culture that we have um, as we go along. What happened for me is that you know I was age 35 and still blaming my father for any failed relationships, any social awkwardness, anything like that because, because of, of the way I was raised. I just blamed him for it. The sad part about that is, is he was dead, had been dead for seven years, by the time I was age 35, he had no way to defend himself. I had nobody to talk to. I just had, couldn't do anything. But one thing about blame is that if you can blame anybody for anything, you don't have to change. It's their fault. and it's And as you point to them and say it's their fault, there's absolutely no reason. You have no reason. You have no disposition to change yourself in any way. That changed for me at age 35. And so I started with a, a negative comment saying, I don't wanna do that anymore. And it just doesn't work. Negative and a negative in math makes a positive, but in social situations, it really does not make a positive. So I had to work through that. And and uh, and I believe that part of this anger and these flashes w- was contributory to the demise of my first marriage after 23 and a half years and eight children, we we parted ways. I had I had the cu- primary custody of the children, and I would, uh, on the weekends, I did not have the children. I would be going out, having a midlife crisis, going out, um, doing destination dating. So online, I'd find someone in a different city. We'd choose a city to, to have a date in, and then I'd go there, and we have the date, and I'd come back. And so it was fun. It was great, great fun. I did it for a year and a half, Now I went to Jacksonville Florida and Daytona Beach and Atlanta Georgia and Nashville Kansas City New York City Cabo San Lucas Phoenix Salt Lake City uh Las Vegas all these places I went looking for love as the song says in all the wrong places could not find find it in anywhere so I'm divorced now and I'm living in Phoenix after all that and my sister my older sister I'm a thorn between two roses at the end of the the pecking order in my family, number 10 of 11 children. So I toned it down. I only had eight children. My father had 11. My children only have three. So it's really kind of ge- that generational thing isn't passing on. We can change these generational pass on things. So so uh, my older sister and, and as number 10, I didn't really have any opportunity growing up to make too many choices because they were all made by my older brothers and sisters, my older siblings. And so My sister calls me. She says, I have this neighbor that has kind of a nice disposition similar to mine that uh, uh, she wants to introduce to me. She's seven hours away. I said, "Uh, you know what? I'm done destination dating. I don't want to do it anymore. And so she said, oh, come on. And you got to do what big sister says when you're in number 10 of 11 children. You Mm -hmm. can do it. So I started just half-heartedly corresponding through email and messenger and Nothing too too fancy. Didn't even do phone calls yet, but started that way and just got some letters back. And it was just fun. It was just really a fun situation. Something totally unexpected because so I wasn't even trying, but it was unexpected and love kind of comes that way. So we start developing a little relationship. I decided to move up close to where my sister was and, and date this woman just a little bit more at that um, at We came to a point that it was time for Big Brother approval. You know, I always have to have that. So I had to take this woman to Big Brother. Big Brother lives 300 miles north of where I'm at. And when I went up there, when we went into the home, my sister-in-law immediately pulls her aside and said, the only emotion that the Zolman family learned growing up is anger. At first I said, "Uh uh-uh, denied it. Then it made me mad. (laughs) I thought, huh, she nailed it. And from that point in time, I thought, I've got an opportunity here. Either I can stop this and, and change that perception of the Zolman family, or I, I stay the same. And I decided I want to do something about it. So I started reading in the color code in the five love languages and really liked the principles of love languages, because as we've already identified, they re- reconcile to the life of Jesus Christ. He actually touched people. He spent time with people. He served people, he had the gifts of the Spirit, and we absolutely love his words. All five love languages that, that we're talking about are things that Jesus Christ did. So wanted to make sure that I was in that line, aligned with that, but I could not understand the application. And the application, as I understood it from Dr. Chapman was, well, if Steve and Phil, if I guess what your love language is, and I cater to that, we're going to be buddies. I'm a bad guesser. It's not going to happen. That didn't work for me. So the second thing was that, well, if you take this survey, then I can find out what my love language is. What do I do with that? Do I advertise? Hello, Phil. <laughs> I'm gifts. What do you have for me today? I mean, it's just that that to me was very awkward. Just remember, I came from a background there that uh, love was kind of really back burner stuff. But I do remember times that as in that background that we played games. And it brought the family together a little bit. So I thought, well, what if I could make this a game? So I contacted Dr. Chapman and asked him, Are you licensing those little icons, the little pictures that they had for each one of the love languages? And he said, No. You know, his attorney wrote back a letter, said, No, they're not doing that. I went to a copyright attorney in my city and found out that theory like the love language theory is not copyrightable, application is. So I th- thought, well, if that's true, I can make my own icons and then I can make it into a game. So that's what I did. So now we can talk about these love languages. You see there's there's touch there. There oh, okay. are the gifts. I'm awesome. showing the dice right now. Yeah, on the podcast,
2: he's holding up the dice, so there's a dice. With-
1: yeah, holding up a dice. That, so there's there's time. This is a dicey podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. There's there's service. Those are the words. Did we get them all? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think I
0: we think got so. Them
1: so Makes five sense. love languages, six sides on a dice. I had to create that six side on the dice. That one surprised me. So, Phil and Steve, there are only two instructions. Very simple. You roll the die every day. That's the love language you practice giving away all day that day, all day. So it's not like, I did the dishes, I'm done. It's not an event anymore. It's it's a character trait. Let me tell you why it it turned into that for me. When I read Dr. Chapman's book, he said only significant others. I was single. I didn't have a significant other. Who was I going to love? So I decided at that moment, well, I'll just love everybody. I send it out. And I like that a whole lot better because it's really develops a character trait that you're sending out love constantly. It's more constant, whereas just doing it to your significant other was part-time job. Hardly anybody I know is with their significant other 24 seven, hardly anybody. So it's doing it all the time to everyone that you come in contact with. So what that looks like in, in a service situation is that you're they're you're washing their car, you're doing the dishes, you're vacuuming the floor, you're doing things for them that they would like to have done. And so, and when they light up, when people light up on service, that's what you know, that's how you detect what their primary love language is. And I love, Phil, that you already said the word light up, because that's, I use that word a lot. When people light up, and you know when they light up, they have understanding. They know it's love, and they feel like it's love. That's what they do when they feel loved. They light up. So, any any of the others, we can. I mean, we could go through different things, but that's yeah. kind of the program of, of what I put together.
0: So, um, Steve, do you have a question? I didn't see your hand up, so I don't have my glasses <laughs> on. But we, 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 I, I didn't raise my hand. No. We. we uh, <laughs> The inside information here, Steve and I have been trying to figure out a way where we don't step on each other when we're asking a guest questions. So uh, so we have this awkward silence. Right, I'm going to jump in here. But you mentioned physical touch. I like the word affection better because, you because Paul, you said, yeah, I had physical touch as a kid, you know, but you had probably the wrong kind of physical touch or maybe abusive. I don't know. I don't want to mm-hmm. get into that. but But I like affection a little better. than than the word physical touch. So, so you have affection, you have words of affirmation, you have quality time, you have receiving gifts uh, and you have acts of service, which you just kind of gave an example of. All right. So if I'm a pastor listening to this, uh, I mean, is there a quick way besides buying your game? And I'm not saying they can't, they probably should buy your game. In fact, I'm probably going to buy it now that you mentioned it. I think it's a great idea, but I mean, is there some things that they can do, uh, in their relationships to kind of help uncover some of this quickly before they buy the game?
1: <laughs> yeah, Phil. And I, th- I think that it's really important to, to know that through this study that I did, I realized that I can't bid anyone to love me. I can't bid any love to come my way. So that's in someone else's lane. So what I, what I do have control over and what I can do is send it out and respond when it comes my way. So those are the only two things I can do. So because of that, it's all about them. No longer is it about you or me, it's about them. And so when you when you change that mindset to uh, what's right about them, what can I love about them, then it's the focus is outside of you. And it really, when you're stepping outside of you, it's it's a whole lot better and a whole lot cleaner love. You're sending it out without any expectation of it coming back. But knowing the law of harvest or the law of attraction or whatever law you want to call it that way, there's a law out there that it's going to come back to you eventually. Maybe after many days, maybe maybe it's in a piggy bank that you'll draw upon it on another time, but it's going to come back. Or when they light up, you kind of get satisfied that you're making someone's day. You're making them have a happier day and they're going to spread that around to their circles of influence as well. By doing that over a 30-day period, rolling the die, you're, you will have given away all five of those love language. And like Phil said at the beginning, you can see it. You know them backwards and forwards. You can see it when it comes, comes your way and respond appropriately.
2: The thing I see in this is it kind of forces you to be intentional with this. Absolutely, um, and so that's, that's one of the one of the things that come to mind. And the other is, um, in a in a husband wife relationship, you tend to take, or in a family relationship, you take people for granted, and uh, and so you forget about all of this, right? You forget about applying it. So I can see where um, this may help people to um, become more intentional. Do you, so I, I, it's, it's a dice, right? But it, are there game rules or is it when you get out of bed, how, what, how's, how does that work?
1: I would suggest Steve, that you roll at the beginning of the day. There's really, the two rules I talked about, that's it. It's so simple, you know, you compare, I hate to compare it to Moses holding the staff up in the wilderness and, and people having to look at it. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Roll the die. Do what it says, and that's. Uh, I have a son that uh, he hates hates it when he rolls gifts because uh, I got to go buy a gift today, and he's thinking that and he just hates that one day he rolled gifts, and then he, he said, I'm not doing that, I'm going to roll it again. Rolled gifts again, not doing that, rolled it again, gifts again. But by the fourth time he rolled gifts, okay, I'm going to do it. And I mean, you get to that point that you, you know what it is. But you don't have to make it so complicated. It really is that simple. And it just it seems so simple that it wouldn't work. But for me, to what I needed to do was to stop being annoyed at people, stop, uh, uh, stop looking at things and say, what's wrong with that person? And then have that annoyance and, and then the flash. I had to stop doing that. And I wanted to stop doing that. But what I needed was a, this uh, alternative behavior. I needed that replacement behavior. This became that behavior. Now the mindset is: What's right with that person? How can I love that person? What do they need today? How can I serve them?
2: So does does this apply to your people you have relationships with, or people you just run into during the day?
1: Everybody, everybody.
2: everybody. Okay. So your your son in that case may have gone and bought a gift before he knew he was going who he was going to give the gift to, or. He's, or he's preparing,
1: you know, he's, yeah. he's prepared. Maybe he's got some some uh, random gifts and he's re-gifting. It doesn't really matter, Stephen. Yeah. Well, really, yeah,
0: and I just wanted to say, elaborate a little more on gifts, Paul, because, I mean, you know, what if you're broke? I mean, there's gifts can be a lot of different things here, right? It's not going out and spending a lot of money, right?
1: You know what's interesting about gifts is that words could be a gift, just kind words put them in a note, write a note. That's a gift. Time, give, give of your time. That's a gift. Service is a gift. And and the time that it takes to do that, you know, you're, uh, it's just, you're giving your time and time. I mean, you're going to pay yourself for your time. You could, I guess, but most people just would donate that.
0: Yeah. I, uh, there's a little store down the street here Uh, a local little market and, uh, they have at the checkout counter, they have some of these flowers that, uh, they're they're pretty reasonable. I mean, it's not like a big, huge bouquet, but, uh, and sometimes they're, they're not in the greatest shape and sometimes they'll give me a little discount on the flowers, but I'll get them and I'll bring them home. And it just, my, just my wife just lights up, you know, and it, and, you know, you can bring me flowers and I'm like, Oh, that's really nice, but it it doesn't really float my boat, you know? But uh, again, you don't have to spend a lot of money and like you were just saying, it can be a lot of little things could be a little card could be something I wrote a poem for my wife recently that she just loved, you know, and uh, maybe hopefully she'll keep it and read it after I'm dead, you know, I don't know, but I think those kind of things make a big difference.
1: Yeah, I like that Phil. that you, you took the your wife likes words and she likes gifts so you put it together and wrote the poem the poem became a gift and it also was what was the words that she loves and of course she'd love that it it hits it on two cylinders there
2: yeah so do you find yourself at the end of the day going hmm i didn't spend my die or how does that go i carry one in my pocket steve just in case yeah Yeah. oh no but, but you know you roll it in the morning and you say you know whatever it may be act of service and i'm you're getting towards the end of the day. I mean, how... Uh, it's just, he hasn't
0: it's, done it yet, you mean? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you haven't do done it? it yet. Yeah,
2: you haven't done it yet. You haven't found that person or you haven't, yeah.
1: Well, Steve, just like I said, it's not like you, I did the dishes, hoo-hoo, I'm gone. It's not It's not an event anymore. So it's watching, it's actually intentionally, like you said, purposely watching for opportunities all day long. That's the mantra of the day. That's the theme of the day. That's yeah. what you're doing. And, and the rolling the die it's kind of exciting because it's randomized something that's new no longer is your day willy nilly like most people have their day i'm going to get mad if i'm going to get mad i'm going to be happy if i'm going to be happy and whatever comes what may and it's just it's not like that this levels it out a lot that you're just absolutely determined to love to send it out you know at the end of the day you know what you can do is i created a journal it's called the Roll of Love Journal. You can record record what you rolled that day, what opportunities you saw to love in that way, and then what you did about those opportunities. It, you become a kid uh-huh. is something that I missed. By age 35, I finally realized it for myself. But this can be taught in schools. Can you imagine in the and I'm talking primary schools for the most part, but any any grade would work in primary schools if if they rolled the die, and they came up with physical touch. It takes two seconds to roll the die, 30 seconds for the teacher to say, class, this is the kind of type of things that we're looking for loving today. At the end of the day, when there's the last 10 to 15 minutes of the day, when the the kids are antsy, they know the bell's gonna ring, school's almost out, they've been there all day, they're really tired, take that time, make it more productive time, have them record and be accountable for their actions that day, if they're accountable, I can guarantee that their behavior is going to be a whole lot better. If they yeah. have to record what they did during the day, their behavior will level out. It'll tamp down any misbehaving. Hopefully, tamp down a lot of violence, and they'll carry that with them through through their junior year or uh, junior high school years and into high school and into adulthood. Let's teach them right.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. I can just—if my wife was listening to this, she'd say you
1: need that in the car.
0: <laughs> well,
1: yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't go there, Steve. You can't when people <laughs> cut you off. You just can't, uh, you, no
0: more. Uh, yeah. All right, so we're we're running out of time here. So Paul Zolman has been our guest today. He's written the book called The Role of Love. And this is this is very unique and I, I, I like it a lot because, you know, you reap what you sow, you know. And so if you're sowing these things, uh, you're going to reap them. They're going to come back to you. So. So, Paul, how can people get a hold of you? How could they even buy this thing? I mean, you, 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 does 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 dice or something come with the book? I mean, what what's what's a good way for people to get a hold of this uh, this content?
1: Good question, Phil. They're they're also separately so you can buy the die. You can buy the book and you can buy the journal. They're all on my website. If you go to rolloflove.com, and I, uh, it's kind of a play on words. R O L L, like you're rolling the die, is outside of you. R O L E is something inside of you. It's a part that you play, and and so it's R O L E of love.com. That's where they can find find the book and a die. If people listening to this podcast prefer listening and prefer audible books. They can find that on Amazon, but you don't want to type in "roll of love search on Amazon because you're going to get love this, love that, love a million things. Uh, and it'll be a needle in the haystack. So type in my name, Paul Zolman, there, and you'll be able to find the audible version of the book and purchase it there.
0: All right. Paul Zolman, Z-O-L-M-A-N. Correct. Uh, all right, good. We finally, I actually said your name right. Well, Paul, we're out of time here, uh, and we do really appreciate what you're doing there. I think that's a great thing. And um, again, if if anybody needs more information on this, and you've missed all this, you're driving down the road, just remember you can always reach out to us here at StreamingChurch.tv. And and this is why we do these podcasts. It's not always about tech. It's about helping us grow as people, as Christians, as believers, uh, growing on our relationship. So I think this is a great tool. So, uh, Paul, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right. Good deal. And most of all, thank you folks for listening or watching the Church Solutions Podcast. Uh, Thanks for being a part of this episode. I I don't know if I said the beginning episode. this is episode number 398, and uh, we're going to be closing in on 400 here pretty soon. So it's been a good ride so far. We're looking for another 400 more, but you can always subscribe to the Church Solutions Podcast wherever you get your podcast. On behalf of all these guys, I'm Phil Thompson. Have yourself a great day.